This is CliffCentral.com. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. It's just gone five minutes after the hour of two. You are tuned in to Fashion Lab Africa. My name is Gerard Foster. And joining us and providing echoes from the U.S. is Edgy Benson in New York City. And echoes from Europe coming from our dear Francisca Marzelli, who is in Lisbon. Hello. 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 Hello, Francisca. Hello. Are you there? <laughs> are you okay? Good. Yes. Edgy, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, Hi. man. Jared, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So last week, Liz was uh, providing us an echo from the Caribbean, and she was trying to make us jealous, talking about how she was about to go swim in a grill in Jamaica. Um, this week she is coming to us from Oxford. So she's going to join us in the next five minutes. Um, to explain to us what's happening. But today we're talking about retail and mm-hmm. how retailers, um, are even especially high end retailers are doing major sales. I mean, it's something that we're seeing here in South Africa in the malls, two of the biggest malls. A lot of the high-end luxury brands are actually doing sales of up to 70, sometimes even 80%. So we are wanting to understand what is going on. Um, Do we see the same things in the U.S. and Europe, Edgy, Francisco? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's all about value, you know. Um, I, I think these things are all driven by value. Uh, it's a value proposition, I think. And yeah, it's the same. It's the same here. Okay. Absolutely. Here too. Here too is the same. Um, the value Edgy is talking about possibly is the impact, emotional impact that uh, a product has when it's in the window of a show. Mm-hmm. If uh, if uh, in the start of the in the launch of the season, the new season, I have uh, uh, a new dress mm-hmm. as a consumer. I'm talking as a consumer. Right. Um, if I if I have uh, uh, a new a new uh, garment in the in the in the shop, uh, the the emotional impact with that is different. Uh, then in the end of the same season. So I'm more uh, propense, more uh, favorable to, I don't think so much before spending a lot and an amount uh, on that garment. And uh, when, when the, the season is ended, when I saw the same garment in all the magazines, on the, in all the fashion uh, weeks and in all the fashion uh, promotionals, uh, I'm less, uh, I'm less um, favorable to to spend the, the same amount, and uh, this is the mechanism. Uh, I'm uh, I'm less favorable to spend it, that amount than I I'm, I'm encouraged by a discount mm. to have it. Okay. The emotional impact is different. Yeah. So I guess it's a timing question. It's a timing matter. It is, and I and I know that Liz is very, very passionate about this. Um, so what I want to do is just play a song quickly um, that I think is appropriate about, you know, it's all about pricing and value and cutting the price. Um, and while that's playing, we're going to bring Liz into the conversation because what we want to unpack is how this affects designers, how it affects manufacturers, because we touched on it briefly in last week's conversation. You know, but at the end of the day, what happens when you have, you've, you, you obviously have a cost to manufacture something and then the retailer decides that they can offer up to 75% off. So how does that, uh, speak to sustainability of the fashion industry? Um, so we're going to go, we're going to go to a song and then we're going to come back and get everybody's feedback. Stand by. Okay. Fuck 
cut it. Yo, ice, you need to tuck it. She fuck with me, she lucky. A half a million, all twenties in that Gucci luggage. Let's skip the small talk. It's time to talk numbers. Young nigga playing with commas. Might go do the land for the summer. I been that shit in these streets all my life. So yeah, um, we're talking about retailers and um, the discounts that are happening in the retail industry or just the future of retail. You're listening to Fashion Lab Africa. It has just gone 13 minutes after two. We have Edgy Benson in New York, Francisca Marzelli in Lisbon, and our dear Liz Agumbo Regisford in London. Welcome, Liz. Thank you very much. Um, it's really good to be here today. Uh, we are obviously, I'm broadcasting live from Vista Village, which is a luxury village style shopping area, home to designer brands uh, at discounted prices, carrying over 130 luxury fashion and outlet boutiques, I think with up to 60% off. So it's really cool uh, to be here. I hope that you guys are well. Uh, did we already go through what we are wearing or is there anyone left? Or no, we, we couldn't go through what we were wearing because you weren't with <laughs> okay. us yet, Liz. Come on now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think for those who are tuned in, um, just a simple definition of markdowns. Markdowns is actually the difference between the original retail price and the actual selling price. So markdown dollars are calculated by subtracting the actual selling price from the original price. And then you get uh, a markdown, which is obviously either a point of sale markdown, which makes you be able to afford uh, whatever it is that you couldn't afford on Monday last week. <laughs> so <laughs> according to uh, Vanessa Ting from Retailable.com, her tips for retail success from the buyer's perspective markdowns, what they are, why you need to consider them and strategies for minimizing your risk is really clearly stated out. And we are obviously, I'm going to make sure I, I tweet some of these um, conversations just so that you guys are also filled in um, for those who are listening. Now, markdowns are a fact of life in retail, whether you like it or not, you can avoid it. And obviously, contrary to what you might think, this is not an extortion by retailers because a lot of buyers start cringing when they think, I mean, a lot of uh, brands start cringing when they hear here, the forms fill out the markdown and then you start panicking. So I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation today. Uh, mm -hmm. And thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is where we dissect the business behind fashion. And we are always um, happy to sit together and connect on Thursdays at 2 p.m. <laughs> Central African time. Now, let's talk about who's wearing what. Obviously, we've got G. Thank you very much for holding the house down in Johannesburg. Uh, maybe we're going to start with you, the chief himself. Uh, Edgy referred to you as the chief last week. I don't know if I told you oh, that. But what really? are you wearing? <laughs> What's, who made your clothes today? <laughs> so today is a very gloomy day in Joburg. It's been raining all night um, and it's a little bit cold. Mm. We're grateful for the rain, um, but it's we thought that we were just over winter. So um, I am wearing a combination of Lizogumbo. Uh, <laughs> naked Ape, um, Carducci, and I'm keeping warm thanks to Valentino. So we don't know, are you wearing Lizzo Gumbo underwear or Carducci scarf or what? Like, so Carducci shoes, <laughs> Naked Ape pants, uh, Lizzo Gumbo uh, bespoke linen shirt in orange, uh, and Valentino trench coat. <laughs> you don't play. Uh huh. Well, so, who, you you send me here. I have to. I have to maintain the pressure that comes from thank, you guys. <laughs> thank you. We appreciate. <laughs> we appreciate it, G. Now, Francisca, what are you wearing, and who made your clothes? And welcome. It's very good to hear your voice. Hello, Liz. We are closer today. <laughs> yes, we are closer. <laughs> yeah. We could ca catch the train and meet each other somewhere if we want yeah, after the show. Yeah. yeah, for a coffee. I don't drink yes. wine in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> today, today here is a holiday, a national holiday. Uh, is the foundation of the Republic oh. in Portugal. So everybody is relaxed, and uh, me too. <laughs> and uh, I'm wearing a Nike, uh, a Nike uh, gym uh, trousers and uh, a, a shirt uh, and uh, sneakers of the mm. of the. Let me see it uh, of the Nike. <laughs> 
all night. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Francisca. It's always good to have you as well. And then Edgy Benson himself, uh, all the way from New York. Edgy, what are you wearing? And please, should I say what you're wearing on the bottom to save time? Can, I, can you? You could say that. Okay, so every for everyone who's tuned in, Edge is wearing diesel jeans, and like I said, we should find a way to campaign so that he gets uh, some sort of a connection with this brand. I mean, he could be the ambassador. He's I, been doing this for years. Liz, actually, I think just, before before Edgy even completes the rest of the outfit, can we just campaign for Edgy to have shares in diesel? <laughs> yes, I think I, I, so. I, I agree. Yes, I agree with that. I'm all for that. So that's our next well, campaign, Edgy. That. That's our next campaign. We've got you. We've got you. Okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you guys what I'm wearing on top, then. Tell yeah. me. Yes. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a sweatshirt from Lot 87 in the UK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's uh, one of my favorite uh, casual companies. I think they do amazing um, streetwear. Mm. So I have a, I'm wearing one of their, uh, one of their sweatshirts and, um, it's not gloomy here. It's sunny actually. Um, well, out of my window. I do not know how cold it is outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's sunny out on the window. It's okay, Edgy. <laughs> think, think, think sunny right. thoughts. Tell us, please. What are you wearing? So it's very cold here, as you'd know. So I'm not even going to front. Maybe I'm going to be creative to some extent, but I'm wearing, I can't even lie about what I'm wearing on the top. You saw it already, but I'm wearing a little shawl because I'm, I'm cold anyway. And I'm wearing some beautiful patch up jeans, uh, with surprisingly, I hate flowers and I'm so tired of seeing flowers in everything these days, but I've got some nice, uh, flower patched jeans, uh, just feeling comfortable. Some nice, uh, simple, uh, boots from Clarks and just very simple. I'm a very like the girl next door today, guys. If you saw me, you would, you'd probably be like, that's, that's Nancy, the neighbor, Liz's neighbor, not, not Liz. <laughs> but, but I'm feeling comfortable and I'm feeling great. And I think it's a, a beautiful time to be out here, uh, and just connecting with fashion and kind of seeing what's happening in this side of the world as well. So, hey, so. Let's just talk about my favorite segment at the end of the show. For those who are tuned in, that's my favorite. If you know what's better for you, if you don't want to listen to all of our talk about markdowns, at least be there to share with us who you want to dress and why, which is my favorite. And I know it's everyone's favorite. They just don't normally get uh, keep it real. They don't keep it real like I do. So I call it the red glass of wine. And uh, yes. And also keep your tweets coming. We are at Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We are on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And obviously, we would love to hear from you guys. Now, let's set up the tone of the show. Uh, let's talk about these brands. Let's talk about these markdowns. Uh, and let's just kind of understand uh, where we are. Obviously, we know that there are four major types of markdowns in retail. I would love us to definitely touch base on each of these markdowns as we continue um, the conversation. That's for you, Edgy and G and uh, Francisca. Um, now, we've got promotional markdowns. These are just discounts that derive from any type of promotional sale, you know, like a temporary price reduction, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your clearance markdowns, which uh, an item goes on clearance when the retailer plans to never stock that item again. Maybe it's old or maybe it's, I don't know. Then you have damaged goods markdowns, which is for anything that's damaged. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, competitive markdowns, which is as a result of price matching. So when you look at some stores uh, who look at, you know, maybe uh, brand A and brand B, might, brand A might be affected or influenced by brand B's prices and therefore markdown based on the competition. Anyway, I just think that these are the conversations. I, I'd love us to maybe start from here uh, for you, the team. Uh, and then maybe we can go on. So what are your thoughts, first of all, just generally, or your feedback, or can what I, are your thoughts? Let's talk about markdowns in the different levels. Can I ask we, a question we, quickly, Liz, before we go ahead? Because yes. you, you gave us the yes. four definitions. So would it be correct in assuming that end-of-season uh, markdowns hmm. are fall under kind of your clearance when you're trying to get rid of stock? Yes, I, I think so. Okay. I would say so. And I, and I think that also brands treat this very differently. So, G, because yeah. you brought that up, let's maybe start with that because I'd love to also see how Francisca uh, reacts to this or connects with this and also how Edgy 
uh, relates or connects to that to, to this. Uh, and I'm just going to say one thing, uh, G, as well to add mm-hmm. on. When people say an item goes on clearance because it's never going to be stocked again, I, I can understand what they're saying. But I just think for me, every time I do markdowns, I've never pulled off a piece of 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 of, of, of my or a part of my brand to put it completely on clearance where it must go. Why should it? Why must it go? Like why? Why can't I pull it out and put it in shop B, which sells it like hotcakes, and then pull? Mm-hmm. That's anyway. This is the conversation. It's interesting. So I'd love to hear also, obviously, from Francisca and also from uh, Edgy uh, as to what you guys, uh, how you operate with this or how you play with it. But can I can I just jump in mm-hmm. briefly? Yeah. Because the whole thing, the whole thing about markdowns or discounts or whatever you may call them, other than just the idea of promoting an event, whether it's a, it's a holiday that is special and you you anticipate a lot of foot traffic and you want to, or either online or offline and you want to encourage people to come in or you want to just pay respect and get goodwill from that idea from the from 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 the optics of being seen as paying 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 um, uh, respect to to a special day, it's also just essentially a, a, like a, a sales strategy though for for fashion. When you have a line, mm-hmm. fashion life for a fashion for a fashion item on the hanger is very short, you know. So. You have you launch a new a new line a, a new product a new a new collection. At the most, it's going to stay live and fresh for thirty days. After those thirty days in the store, you've got to have to move it along. You know, so this whole idea of discounts and promotions is also strategic for you for your sales for keeping the items fresh and also making the customer feel sometimes the customers want to wait till the item is not so hot so when you don't move it it's like this whole idea of waiting is, which is which is actually a function of how retail works mm-hmm. this idea is dead you know so i think strategically it is it is it is just a sales strategy you know higher at the beginning lower and lower and lower until you phase it up until you phase the product out Edgy, can I just yeah, Edgy, can I just say something that mm. we also have to always remember that the way that, for example, a store like H and M operates as H and M is not necessary does not apply to a smaller brand who's able to who maybe stocks say like ten little boutiques somewhere and like is able to pull out stock and not necessarily have to see it go. You know, when you're working or you're when you're playing as a major retailer with so many outlets and is such a big retailer, there's certain things you can get away with. Whereas as a smaller brand, there's things you can get away with. And that's why I'm saying that, you know, when I, for example, when I pull, put stock into different stores, there's different stores that require different items. And what happens is at the end of the season, I still do, I agree on the markdown. I actually respect the markdown um, flow. I, I'll take it down to like 50%. Sometimes I'll stop at 25 depending on the, on the garment. But at the end of the day, what we have to also agree on is that I can pull my stock out of the shop and decide I'm not even marking it down, push it to shop B, which is looking for that stuff which sells it like crazy, and it will sell. So I'm just saying that let's also remember that as we have this conversation, the bigger retailers can hardly get away with as much as the smaller brands can. Do we agree? Or well, I think I think also we have to look at it from two different points. Companies yeah. like H and M, markdowns are their are their models of operation. You know, it, it's they may call it we may call it markdowns for them. It's just a value price item. You know, so it's it's for them. They don't even do it as a, as a sales. They do it as a as as who they are, you know? So they might, in that case, it's a little bit separate from just a normal store markdown, which for them is strategic. But for companies like H&M, you know, that's, I mean, for lower prices, value price, the items are just the the way they are. So they kind of separate, they're kind of a little bit separate from from just a general, how a general store will markdown and why they would. You know, that's, I mean, that's how I feel. But, Edgy, are you saying to me that, but just before, Edgy, are you saying to me that the smaller brands 
because oh, I feel like we're saying the same thing. The smaller bro- H&Ms and all of them have to do that. I mean, it's a part of the, 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 the way they operate. It's no, a I, part of their I, system. I, I think what the Edgy's, smaller brands don't have to do that. I think what Edge is trying to explain, Liz, is that for big department stores like Macy's and H&M and all of those kinds of things, what Edge is saying is that we have to look at it from two perspectives. One is, yes, if you're a smaller brand trying to be stocked in those places and you, you'll, for, you'll form part of the markdowns, but in, within their business model, they have something called value pricing. So it's, it's the same as when you walk into an H&M and they, they're doing two-for-one specials or whatever it is because their primary business is retail and for them it's about moving units. So there's two – within the, the kind of big department store – situation you have two sets of or two different defined methods of value pricing and markdowns am i correct edgy yeah in a sense yeah where some is just some is deliberate and some is is in respect of things but the, the underlying idea the un, for some brands is really just stay low you know yeah mm-hmm. because people are price Francesca. sensitive okay Francesca, Sorry. we'd love to hear from you. What, what, I'm listening uh, carefully. Uh, there okay. are different uh, there are different ways to to act uh, in, uh, in different ways. Um, for instance, there are there are uh, brands that uh, that sell in the end of the season on the last season's uh, uh, garments uh, collections uh, in uh, very low prices, but there are also uh, brands that produce appositely for uh, for um, the, the this kind of uh, salt in uh, in the outlets. Mm. Uh, there are um, a kind of uh, B C <laughs> D series of, uh, of, uh, of quality. I'm talking about uh, quality also. That are uh, they, they, that they have only the brand. They, they they have only the name of the of the collection, but mm. don't have anything to do with the the, the traditional uh, uh, shops uh, furnitures. I don't okay. know if uh, if I'm clear. Yes. Uh, yeah. If um, I I don't want to 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 speak names uh, to to name <laughs> no no brands, but uh, there are brands that uh, are. Fact in the traditional, let's say so, way uh, with a, a planned collection, and then uh, and then uh, the filet, and then uh, they they sell. But there are the same brands also produce, for instance, the lower uh, segment of the of the collection in another in other places that are not the traditional ones. Uh, with lower prices and go out in the market with lower, lower prices. So, I could resume uh, in this way. It's a, uh, all, the whole part, uh, it's the whole uh, strategy. They profit the life of the brand from the A segment of customers to the B, C customers because they want to sell every, in every segment of the market. Hello. <laughs> we're here. I'm li- we're listening. Yes. We are here. <laughs> Sorry. No, we are here. We are here. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's a way to it's a way to profit the 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 echo of the of the brand, selling in different ways, in different segments, in different uh, parts, uh, in different uh, malls. Uh, to, to profit to the, the all the segment segment of customers. Okay, so guys, while while we're on this topic, let's talk about the other one that I don't like. I actually do not like it. I think it's ridiculous. The damaged goods marks markdown. So you go into store, you find two buttons are missing on a shirt. The dress is torn. Why is the dress torn and still in the store? Why are we even? Why do we have the torn and the torn dress? The one that's broken belt. The one that's missing buttons, why were those on the shelves? Why? Can someone help me here, please? I mean, I think, I think that, is, that is something that the consumer... So, so, a retailer may try that. A retailer may try that. It's another strategy. Yeah, but that is, so, uh, that is really wrong, though. I mean, a retailer may try, may try but I think 
it all depends on the customer to say, you know what, I can't, I can't buy that. And it's all like that becomes a reaction the the, the retailer would see and never try it again. But I think if the product is defective, it should be defective, you know. But uh, meaning, when you say defective, meaning that it should not be on the shelves, right? It shouldn't be on the shelf. Hmm. I mean, Are we all in agreement, G and and Francisca? Like, yeah, why is it on the thing? It, it definitely shouldn't be. But I think, Liz, what it yeah. is 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 that it comes down to the merchandisers in the stores because it's not something that's exclusive to fashion. I mean, within electronics as well, you have soiled goods, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, where the box is damaged or the packaging is damaged. Even within like health supplements, um, they do that if there's a dent in a in a container or whatever it is. But I do agree with you is that it shouldn't be on the shelf in the first place. Um, mm. But if you look at it from a, I can understand it in a in a retail perspective. Like if you think about some of the big retailers, the H and M's, the Zara's, whatever. When they do those sales, it's like people just go mad. And so clothes are not treated with any kind of respect because people are just on this like feeding frenzy. And that's how they get damaged. <laughs> no, seriously, because people see, people see the red sign with the white letters and it's as if something goes off in their brain and they just go crazy. <laughs> and one, then they rip the dresses. Yeah. Then at the end of the day, the salespeople on the floor should be able to pick up all the ripped items and put them in a basket and get, send them to donate them somewhere. Or recycle them. I don't know. Like it's just very sad to see. It's one of the things that I don't like seeing. But anyway, that's that's to each their own. Some people like the torn things in the store. I don't know. Let's talk about like let's touch base on um, promotional markdowns and the value of it. I personally think that it is something that's very good for um, very healthy to have um, just through the year, through the months, whether it's uh, it's Easter or whether it's not Christmas. I just think that it's something that I've seen work for me as well as a brand where you just come up with your own strategic promotional markdowns, make it an event of note and, and just, and it doesn't mean the stuff is bad or the product's bad, but I think it's just a good way to hype up and even sell more. What are you guys, what do you think about the promotional markdowns? I mean, that's what we, we, we have. I mean, like, I feel like they do have a big, I think, Promotional markdowns are, in a lot of ways, how retailers stay in a part of community, you know? If the community has a holiday, has uh, something to promote around, mm-hmm. it, 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 it feels, it, it makes you a part of the community to actually acknowledge that. So they do play a very big role in terms of just our social, you know, our social, just the way we con- we we connect the, the retailer connects with the with the community socially, yeah. you know, and of course it plays a big role for him in terms of on on the on the market end uh, that they can move a lot of product or at least it, in like invite a lot of people in to to see the product because it's part of a promotion, you know. They may not buy it, but it's also a big publicity thing that you could you could catch up, you know, mm. you could latch onto, yeah. Definitely. So they are important, I think. Francisca? Okay. I think that um, there is not uh, a way a way to to act uh, of course of course uh, a weekend uh, with a with a special uh, theme uh, is uh, is healthy and uh, is helpful because it helps uh, also to sell uh, things that are without discount. But um, but of course uh, cannot be always like this because uh, uh, a producer also uh, lose money with this needs to to stay with the well it needs to 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 cash uh, what uh, what he needs to cash yeah <laughs> don't cannot cannot make discounts just to to make the the healthiest way to 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 do it in my opinion and basing on my on my experience um, is in a certain uh, items that are that are more uh, more expensive or more uh, more uh, uh, trendy and uh, in this period uh, if you don't sell it in this season uh, you will not sell them easily later so you can do it, but you cannot do it in every every piece of you having the shop, of course. Yeah, I, I think you know, I have this. for sure. If I was to speak purely from a from a brand strategy perspective, Liz, 
I think mm. it's important to realize that we all, no matter what industry you're in, you're in the business of perception. So where promotional uh, markdowns, um, where you have to be careful with them, is I, I do agree with you that they're great tools um, for you to psychologically kind of bring your consumer in. And say to them, you know, but it's all about the packaging. So you must make sure that you don't set a precedent because everybody's price sensitive. So you're saying, we're going to expose you to this new product. We know you're going to love it, but we're also going to give it to you at a slightly reduced price at first. But under, but you must always let them know what the real value is. Um, because otherwise you set a precedent and everybody is always going to go, well, you know, it should be this price or it should be that price. Um, I think G, mm-hmm. yeah, I think G. Just to to also just throw something in there. When we talk promotional markdowns, I think that it's up to every brand, up to every retailer, to be able to curate or come up with their own way of how they do it. So it's mm-hmm. not a, it, it doesn't have to be uh, uh, every every month you have fifty percent of. It doesn't no, have to be no, every no, no, item no, no, has to be marked down. It's just I think it's just about how you curate it. Um, yeah. To be able to make yeah. sure that. People, the traffic still comes. It's exciting. It's different every month, and it doesn't mean, uh, or it doesn't put you in a position where you water down your brand either. But you know, it's just fresh and different, and and you give people an opportunity. Whether it's buy two blue dresses every Tuesday, or I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, but I yeah. think that this gives us also an opportunity to be even more creative when it comes to how we want to play. When it comes to this promotional markdowns, how you want to set it up, and how you want. The world to receive. I think that you've just you've just pointed out something very important within just marketing in general is is the word curating. So I'll yeah. give you an example. Locally, I mean, I I have accounts so I shop from some of the local kind of uh, retailers, um, fashion retailers, and what often happens is I would get an SMS that says there's a sale starting, say on Saturday, but because of yeah. my customer profile. They've been smart enough to go, we're going to do the sale preview with these customers because they identify you as influencers. So if you get to the stuff first, the assumption is that you're going to go and then spread via word of mouth the fact that there's the sale and you're going to get really great bargains. And so that's then going to you know, create the demand that they're hoping to get in order to clear those things. But you're right. It's, a, it's, it's also important, and I think the retailers have to take responsibility for being able to mine the, the, the databases that they have of their customers and to curate these markdown opportunities um, appropriately so that the brands, the designers, the manufacturers, etc., don't miss out. Mm. Um, okay. May I tell hello. you mm-hmm. one hello? thing? Hello. I I was uh, just um, thinking about uh, the 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 trust of uh, of the customer. You don't have to damage the trust the customer has in uh, your brand with this uh, with this with in playing this kind of uh, promotions because it's easy to uh, also to. Uh, how to say to lose to lose uh, the the trust of uh, of the of the consumers because if you if you mark down every uh, every time you you have to be wise in doing this in in doing mm. these uh, these promotions you cannot I do it we, yeah, every yes. regularly. Yes, I think for Francisca, we're all in agreement that it's just about making sure that there's a balance and making sure that, you know, yeah. whatever you do, you're careful as to making yeah. sure you don't water down the brand, but you still provide uh, something, a special offering to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but I, now- sorry, Liz. I wanted, to, I wanted to say something like, so promotions in a sense, right? Um, you, the reason that they happen a lot of times for brands is to create... To create a connection with the customer. I think that's something we have to always remember. It's, it's a very intimate way of connecting with the customer. You know, like it depends on how you're going to, how the construct of the promotion is, but they have, they do have a very powerful pull on the customer in terms of how they create your relationship with them. You know, it's like they all, sometimes they show some kind of gratitude and sometimes they, they come, I mean, they come across as, as you showing some gratitude to the customer or as you, as you showing some kind of acknowledgement, those kinds of things. So 
they are they have their they have their roles like like G was saying it's just finding a way to make sure that they're curated and you know and and that you're not setting dangerous precedents um for you but they are very important tools to get you close to your customer okay guys so i want to go um i just want to roll over to uh uh, a clip real quick. Now I caught up with one of my sisters who's a fashion consumer of note, uh, by the name of Dr. Sherilyn McNeil. And, uh, I want to just share quickly what she had to say about markdowns. I think that sometimes what we have to do is to also pick the brain of the consumer because I know when we speak, I don't want to say we're biased, but I think that sitting in this fashion lab, Labville, <laughs> I feel like we are on more sort of, uh, on a different side uh, of, of this fence. And therefore, um, I wanted to just kind of um, touch base with the consumer who's also consuming and who's seeing what's happening and just kind of uh, hear what she has to say. So, G, uh, mm-hmm. I hope we can roll over to Sherilyn McNeil and hear what uh, she has to say about markdowns. Here we go. So now I have to say that, yes, we're sitting here and uh, don't ask me where I am, but actually ask me where I am. I'm in London again. Uh, this is my other trip, uh, on my way back to SA and I've caught up with a sister from another mama and we're sitting here just talking about consumption. We're talking about how the fashion consumer is consuming. We're talking about stores. Uh, I'm just talking about my experience because we're actually right here today. We made a trip to Bista Village. So we're actually sitting here having a little drink and just talking based on the shopping experience today. And I just want to introduce Sherilyn because she definitely is a consumer who's also not blind to what is happening. And I just want to also emphasize the fact that we may be fashion uh, brands, we may be fashion uh industry pros within the fashion value chain talking about fashion what's happening but at the same time we cannot ignore the consumer so please allow me to introduce uh Sherilyn who's just going to share with us i'm just actually having a brief conversation Sherilyn welcome to the fashion lab africa thank you and thank you so much i know we're having popcorn well we're not having popcorn we're having wine actually yes. guys don't be jealous we're having wine yes. but truth of the matter is let's just touch base with Sherilyn and see what she has to say. Now, Sherilyn, first of all, I'm so shocked. I want to just say, I've just bought this bag right here. You can see for about a hundred, I will not mention the brand, but from like about 400 pounds to like about a hundred something pounds, very good luxury brand, very good, in good order. Trust me, nothing's missing. Not one handle's fallen over. Why are these luxury items getting sold at these prices. And yes, we know that the retail industry, especially focusing on the brick and mortar space, is really like falling apart, as we've been talking about it for months and months on this show. Let's talk about what's happening, actually. Well, I guess you, you, you introduced me as a, as a sister, but I guess I've got to give my other credentials as well. Yes. So I'm also a psychologist and a consumer, which means that I not only look at um, what people buy, but why people buy what they buy. But also really interested in, in how organisations, how the shops get us to buy what they need us to buy. So you're talking about the, the brick and mortar of the high street dying, and it is dying. And it will die if they can't get us into the shops to buy things. So I guess a way to get us to get those luxury goods is to reduce what they've got, but not too much. Because if we reduce it too much, then it's not a luxury good. Yeah, and they're always going to be us girls, us, us, those gents who want to go out there and buy the luxury goods. And that's that's all good for those luxury brands. What we're struggling with are those shops in the middle. And those are the shops that are dying. So you've got Primark who, you know, we said, you know, you're either Armani or you're Primani. <laughs> yeah. So there are those of us who will go into Armani and we want that bag that's either, you know, it was £400 marked down to 100 Not that it's Armani, there are other brands are available. But there are those of us who just need to pick up something quick and it's just for work and it's, it's not going to be great. It doesn't have to be luxury. It's just got to be Primark level or Tesco's level. <laughs> Primani. Or, or Primani. So we're not looking for £100, we're looking for £10. Yeah, so with, that's what we're going and buy. So you, at the moment, the, the shops that are surviving are your Primarnies or your Armanis. And there's nothing in between that. The shops that are really struggling to make a profit now are the ones in the middle. So I guess 
advice for those luxury brands is to make sure they stay luxury, make sure they 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 aim high and they sell high. They discount a little bit just to get people through the door, but not too much. Otherwise, people won't know who you are. They won't, you won't be luxury anymore. You'll be caught in the middle. Mm. And there's, there's nothing worse at the moment in, in terms of consumerism and, and the shops and sellers than being in the middle. There's nothing in the middle. It's meaningless. That actually people want to know what you are. You have to define yourself really clearly. If you're in the middle, you're in that grey area. And at the moment, the shopper wants... Wants the black and white world. They want you high-end luxury or they want you cheapest chips. Wow. So it's £10 or it's uh, £500 and over? Yeah. Ooh. Guys, I mean, you're listening to Sherilyn here, and it's not even me saying it, but hey, we've been talking about this for a while. And obviously, the luxury brands also have to hurry up and get online because as luxurious as they are, the world has relocated online. The consumer has relocated online. We're living digital, and it's time to obviously be able to have access to them as well online. Not everyone can be here at Vista Village today, but at the end of the day, who's here is who's here. But I think, wow, guys, that's that's Sherilyn. Any parting shots on this one? <laughs> I think, I guess the shops have got to know who they are, um, but we've got to also know who we are as shoppers. So decide what you want, people. Decide what you will pay for. Let the shops know what you're willing to pay for and what you're not. You know, Tesco's has done a really good job of um, making sure that when we go in for our milk, we can pick up bags, shoes, scarf and coat and we can come out kitted out and, and forget the milk, you know. <laughs> so you go in and, you know, you, that's what you popped out for and you come back well kitted out. You know, they've done a really good job. So you don't even need to go to the high street anymore. So they're a real good model of how to be smart. True. Marks and Spencer's maybe need to take a leaf out of their book. You know, maybe they need to have a think about their branding. You know, they do a really good job of getting us in for food, but we don't want anything else. Wow. It's not worth it. Wow. Thank you so much. Name who you are. So once again, uh, Sherilyn McNeil, Dr. Sherilyn McNeil, a clinical psychologist, um, avid shopper and consumer uh, and observer of human behavior. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go ahead. And we're Any back. That was Dr. Sherilyn. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Sherilyn. Um, I think she gave us a lot to think about. Um, yeah. And maybe what we should do, Liz, is just play that uh, Tesco ad that you Please were telling do. us about. Let's just play that quickly and then we can get uh, closing comments with 10 minutes to go till the top of the hour. Yes. She's a supermarket woman. She's in the supermarket mood. She's after something for the summer. We think it's fashion, not food. She's a supermarket woman. And the supermarket woman says, I was only looking for ice cream. FNF, a new fashion collection at Tesco. Is, did they make that ad about you? So I'm just I I'm just the word is jingle. I'm just I curious because I can see Liz going to the supermarket and everybody and thinking, the yeah, they're just like, the but this lady is, is so dressed up and she just came for ice cream. My goodness. Yes, you know, you know what though? Um, on a on a more on a not lighter note, on a heavier note, it's 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 crazy because um, and I wanted to hear your feedback, guys, because obviously I've had these long conversations. Uh, with Charlene and a lot of other consumers out here just try to get their feel on what's going on. The fact that Tesco's is, it's like pick and pay. It's like going to pick and pay if you're in Johannesburg or going to Nakumat if you're in Nairobi or going to one of these stores like an equivalent of Tesco's to actually buy your flip-flops while you're buying your box of cereal or your six-pack box of something for 50 rand and mm-hmm. then dropping in another 50 rand to buy your flip-flops without really thinking about it. But it's as real as Chevrolet is breaking it down. It sounds scary, but I feel like these food shops, even Max and Spencer, who's been focusing so much on food, but they've also had a lot of clothing uh, so it's been kind of line in line, almost an equivalent, an equivalent of Woolworths for those mm-hmm. who are in South Africa or those who know of Woolworths, where you have your quality food and then you have your high end or your premium food. Then you have your clothes, but the clothes are never premium. So how is it that Tesco's is able 
to get into the market this big. And they say this is obviously that was the launch of their supermarket uh, woman. Um, it's the first it's the brand's first global campaign created by ODD. And this campaign introduces the brand's new supermarket woman um Celebrating the fact that F and F clothing is found in Tesco's shopping aisles. So the aisle is the place where you find your kaftan, flip flops, break up the humdrum of the shopping list. It's where accidental dresses get bought by customers who only popped in to get milk. How crazy is that? But anyway, what is your feedback, guys? You're not saying anything, and I'm just like. No, but I think it's all part of the strategy, though. I I, I don't think what they're doing is anything anything special. It's just it's just you find. So they were selling milk and they want to sell clothes. Well, people buying milk, people going shopping at the grocery store normally are looking for bargains, you know. So it just fits into that whole thing. So anybody could have, anybody could have done that. But I do give them credit for doing it. But it is, but, deli- it is deliberate, though. It's, yes, it's but but edgy, edgy, yeah, but edgy. Hold on. Remember that we have a very big gap. Our middle stores are really the ones that are suffering right now more than any other. So luxury is doing okay. Um, uh, the Primax, which is an equivalent in South Africa, you would look at a store like Mr. Price, where you can buy Primark, you can buy a dress for six pounds or five pounds. And mm-hmm. the bottom line is that also for us to remember that, how is it that the H&Ms or the middle, look at the middle, uh, the middle class of, of stores or the middle section of stores, your H&Ms, your top shops, your who, your who, all suffering. But Tesco's can be able to get away with bringing in their flip-flops for $5. Meaning, what are we saying? Are we, do we agree with Sherilyn when we say Tesco's is only, is not replacing H&M. They're actually bringing in the no thinking, mindless consumption, uh, budgetless consumption where you've walked in to literally buy milk and you actually live with a bag of flip-flops. And, and in fact, actually you spend, you might live spending, I don't know who's buying flip-flops on the milk aisle anyway and it's not me but that's what people are doing but i'm just saying that we have to think about why who who is tesco replacing because it's not max and spencer and it's not it's definitely not the primax so so liz i just want to do a time check quickly because we have five and a half minutes left so we're going to go around i'm going to make my point and then we'll go to francisca and eggy and then we're going to talk about who we want to address and why um, again, <laughs> again, I just want to, so the, the perspective from which I bring this, um, working across industries and brands and all of those kinds of things, I'm not sure that it's about who they, they are replacing, but again, it comes down yeah. to, it comes down to the, ev- the evolution of retail and innovation in any business. So it's understanding that from a consumer base, um, uh, you're, you're fighting for something that is called share of wallet. So Tesco's just gone, whoa, okay, so we're used to selling these things, but we've we've gotten some market research from a company that says that people are buying flip-flops and whatever, whatever. So let us just create some shelf space so that that means that we get a greater share of the wallet. I'll give you another example. So AB InBev have just bought uh, SAB Miller um, to be one of the biggest alcohol companies in the world. SAB Miller have a, a term inside called share of throat. So they see Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola as their competitors. Even though they make beer and alcohol, they're just like, if we can get somebody to have a beer for breakfast, that's what we want because that's what drives our bottom line. So similarly, in the retail space, that's exactly what's happening is that retailers are realizing that they have to diversify. I mean, they're even going the other way where a lot of retailers, we see this in South Africa, and I'm sure it's happening around the world, where retailers are now... Um, becoming financial services providers. So they provide insurance, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. um, let's go, Francisca, give us your your closing comments on that quickly in a minute. And then Edgy, Liz, and then we're done. The, this jingle is uh, um, uh, demential <laughs> and the video also. <laughs> I adore this for uh, this reason because uh, um, it resumes, uh, the, as you said, the evolution of the logic, if there is a logic of the consumer. Mm. Uh, I, was, uh, I, I was only looking for an ice cream, for something to, to, to eat, and, uh, and she buys uh, dresses and uh, other things. Uh, it's it's crazy, but it's the evolution of the consumers. Uh, it's uh, the, the evolution of the purchases. Mm. 
I, I can see it uh, with myself when I go into into a supermarket. I I have my list, my list, and then uh, other things in the in the in the trolley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy, but, but it's it's like this. Other things that were not on the list, Francesca. Sorry, I say you have other things in the trolley that were not on your list. Of course, <laughs> of course. If I if I find something that uh, I think I need, uh, I you take want, it. <laughs> not yeah. need. You get it. I want. Uh, yes, I don't need. I want. Okay. Yeah. Edgy. Yeah, yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. Edgy. No, I, I for me, it's, what what Tesco is doing is what. Costco has been doing here for years. It's just that Costco never, never threw a big flashy ad around it. It's, it's, mm. it's, they're not doing anything super special, but they're just staying with, with what they are, they are, like what you're saying, what their research is finding, mm. uh, and throwing some big flashy ads around it. But in the US, it's very common what they're doing. Mm. Uh, this mixture of, of groceries and, and clothing. Uh, to to catch the housewife, it's it's very common here too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to say that for me, what is more fascinating is the brands that do it and actually are able to compete in the big fashion world. Doing mm. it, selling clothes and 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 and, chip and potato chips and whatever, that's not news. I mm. mean, that's happening everywhere. I'm just saying, when you can be able to get in from selling your beef and sausages and chicken and tissue paper and and bring in a collection that can actually uh, compete in the real fashion world, then I think mm. you, you're doing amazing. But guys, G, mm. you take back and let's run this thing called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So that we can <laughs> release you. <laughs> because between me, you, Francisca and Edgy, we could sit here for another hour. This I is very that. true. And this is our last minute. So um, I want to go ladies first. Francisca, who would you like mm. to dra- dress and why? Today I want to, I would like to dress uh, edgy. Oh my! <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. Edgy, today, I'm sorry. This I, is two I weeks in a row. With this idea today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you like to dress edgy, Francesca? I would like to dress him with a charming shirt, uh-huh. with a vintage tuxedo. Wow. And of course, a skinny diesel jeans. <laughs> okay, okay. Liz, would you like to dress in white? I love the skinny jeans. Liz? Yes. I would like to dress Francisca today, and I just want to dress her in a yes. beautiful A-line skirt. I've never seen you in an A-line skirt. I've got some beautiful A-line skirts this summer, so I'd love to dress you in a Liz O A-line skirt and whatever else I can throw on you. <laughs> I think you'll yes. work it. <laughs> Thank you. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> um, edgy. Yeah. Who would you like to dress and why? Oh, I was hoping you and I could just go diesel shopping. Okay. Yes, you, when, when you, next year. Are you are you willing to share the magic of diesel with me, Edgy? You 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 are willing Absolutely. to put me on. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I'm I'm gonna try and get to New York before the end of the year so that you can you can let me in on the secret. <laughs> For today, I would like to dress any president because I have yet to see a contemporary president looking presidential. Like start with Trump, please. Uh, Liz, I am trying to be practical, not a miracle worker. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that has been another edition of the Fashion Lab Africa here on Cliff Central. It has just gone one minute after three. Have a blessed day. Goodbye. This is cliffcentral.com.